getting you out of the church and back into the wild. Welcome to the Barbarian Prophet. Welcome back to another episode of the Barbarian Prophet. My name is Bert Eldridge. I'm Jonathan Bergeron, your producer. And uh, we are just uh, been thrilled to death with all of the folks that have turned tuned in. I just want to say to each person that has taken a chance and listening to us, thank you. You know, we have a goal uh, of just reaching one person at a time. But I, you know, I told Jonathan what I would love to do is have fifty and fifty, fifty people in each of the fifty states listening, and that way, when a story hits somebody that can have an impact they'd be able to share it with a church group they'd be able to share it with a youth group they'd be able to share it with whoever uh if you ever need anything from us like us to come and speak where you're at or you need us to uh, help in any manner even if it is a phone conversation or a video conversation or to make a special podcast for your group we're more than willing to go out of our way. Just reach out to us on social media, and uh, we're on uh, we're on everything. Jonathan, what all am I on? We're on Instagram, which is uh, barbarian underscore profit, and then uh, we're also on Twitter too, which is uh, barbarian prof p r o p h two, and uh, we got some other stuff that we're cooking around. We're also on Patreon if you want to support us at uh, barbarian profit. But, uh, yeah, we got some stuff going. Well, and, and, you know, I do try to pay attention to all that stuff as much as possible. And between Jonathan and I, we do pretty good. But, uh, you know, he's a freshly married man. He's been married for, like, like months now. Yeah, like two. Oh, oh that's right, <laughs> two months. August So, so how, how's marriage going? You know, it's not bad. I, I as someone who... Your lo- wife listens to this yeah. show. Yes, <laughs> I, I love my life and my wife and everything is good and 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 the gun in the back of my neck feels good too. Right? <laughs> uh, women yeah. send her hate mail to yeah. Jonathan <laughs> at Barbarian so, Prophet. Well, well, it's funny because like uh, I'm not used to these funny things happening with witnesses, so so now <laughs> I, I'm get getting used to that dynamic and and my latest example to this is so we're driving through town and i i noticed that one of the lutheran churches has put up new siding no big deal except there's one piece that didn't get snapped in right and it's just kind of flapping in the wind right and uh i look over to my my darling bride and i say you'd think of all people that could nail something down it'd be the lutherans and she just looked at me <laughs> It's like tough crowd, tough crowd, tough crowd. That is a tough crowd. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so. um, I'm going to gong yeah. you on that yeah. one, Jonathan. I'm offering a lifelong gong yeah. for that <laughs> joke. Don't worry. The jokes get worse from here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, um, what we wanted to talk about today is I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, some things that have come up with, with people that I've been talking to lately. One is about what is called ungodly beliefs. I mean, you ever run into that, Jonathan, where people are like, well, you know, isn't God, he created evil, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, You run into people saying that, right? I run into that. You know, I I think we all have 
ungodly beliefs that we we get hit with or or struggle with from time to time absolutely and and you know so some of the things is that people were asking me about was uh well where do they come from and i said you know you inherit many of your beliefs from your family because we have this tendency that if dad said it or lived it or mom said it and lived it then that's what we start to believe we start to surround our reality with that the other ones is uh when we have hurts i mean i'm looking inside my my head for some of the other things that cause problems you know most people that have a problem with god they don't really have a problem with god they have a problem with people at the church oh yeah that's that's huge and uh, so they get angry with a person or a pastor and the next thing you know what they're doing is they're blaming god for all of that and you know hurts are breeding ground for ungodly beliefs that is for sure uh and so often people invest so much into a pastor or into another christian friend only to discover that they're human right and you know putting people up on a pedestal uh when you when you make that put that person up on a pedestal it will always bite you a hundred percent of the time and Jesus even warns us about these type of things. Uh, and, and where he warns it is when he talks about, uh, he says, look at them standing and praying so that all can hear them. And all these people admire it. They get their reward here. But I tell you, he's talking about the widow's might. And, uh, you know, the one thing that uh, we get into the, the facts of things People start going, well, we believe the facts. Um, This was one of my debates here the other day was they believe the fact. Well, do you believe in dinosaurs? I said, yeah, I believe there were dinosaurs. And they said, well, do you believe that there were dragons? I said, uh, unfortunately, yes, I believe there were dragons. (laughs) And they said, how can you believe in dragons? Because the word dragon and dinosaur come from the same word. In the old days, they called them dragons when they dig up bones like that. They referred to them as dragons. Later in time, they called them dinosaurs, just an FYI. Well, and I'll add to that one too. And in, in today, we, we can see in nature, there's the uh, bombardier beetle. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But basically, it has a defense system where it sprays up a hot liquid at anything that's attacking it and basically it's two chemicals combining and it's it's basically really hot right so i I don't think it's a huge jump to to think that if god made a beetle that can spray fire it's like might as well install the flamethrower on the dinosaur right i'm telling you the minute the the minute i was down in georgia Or down south. I mean, actually, I wasn't in Georgia. I was actually in Arkansas. The minute I was in Arkansas and saw a bug's butt light up so they could identify each other, I was like, God can really do anything. If he can make <laughs> if he can make the butt of a bug light up, then he can do anything with me. Right. I, I mean, he. It, that's obvious, yeah. right? Kind of happy he refers to me as clay. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um but, you know, often when we get into the facts thing, it's where people start, they want to throw down facts. 
And we have a society right now that they're more worried about fact finding uh, to make the facts fit what they want them to say rather than um, taking a look at what the proof is that is sitting out there. When we take a look at, and I know I'm taking a big jump from dragons and dinosaurs into other areas, but uh, one thing is knowing and believing uh, they're not the same thing. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. When we know something, you know in your knower. You ever hear that? Yep. And believing something. I can believe in something that has not come to pass yet. And I'm not talking about the second coming of Christ. I'm talking about I start to believe for things in my life. Uh, I know that there are women that start believing for a child that haven't had one. And I know that there are men that start believing for better jobs or a spouse. I know that there are people that start believing for those things because believing is seeing. Okay. Okay. And what I mean by that is most of the time we say seeing is believing. But if you go the opposite direction, when you start looking at a lot of prayers that Jesus is saying, uh, especially in the Gospel of John, he says, I have already completed. He starts talking to the Father about things he's already completed. And that's because he's already speaking those things into existence. I'm going to do this. They are, they are done in my mind. I have made up my decision in my heart, soul, and mind that this is where I'm going. And as he makes a decision to do those things, they come to pass. Uh, when I used to train at a place called Bland's Body Shop, which was a with a bunch of power lifters, written up on the wall was, what the mind can perceive, the body can achieve. That's a good word. Absolutely. Now, what we start to set in our mind, and Jesus tells us in Romans 12 too, it, it, have a renewing of your mind. You know, no longer conform to the world, but have a renewing. Quit following along in the ways of the world. And, you know, when we start looking at that, we've got to, the reason I chuckle is there's so often we go, well, I believe that I'm going to own a new Harley Davidson but my wife believes that is not correct. That that does seem to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you suddenly show up with one, your belief system suddenly going to change there too yeah. to how you need to take it back. Yeah, there's going to be at least a, a slight debate about your belief system at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what renewing your mind means? It means that you need to start changing your beliefs because when you change your beliefs, you change your behavior. Yep. Now, one thing with me, I know that uh, when it comes to motorcycles, I ride. I've been on the back of a Harley Davidson since I was five years old. I was on the back back when I was five, and I just crept my way around to the front by the time I was 14 and have always been a one. Here I am, 53 years old. I still have... uh, a few Harley Davidsons and you know those things were always a focus for me at one point in my life those were more important than my family they were more important than anything because that that bike and the patch that I wore for the motorcycle club I was in those were the most important things to me and when God got a hold of me I had to start changing my belief system 
those things started becoming not as important as him. And when I found out that my life started to line up with him, then all of a sudden my family became this huge priority to me. And getting them to know Christ became a huge priority to me. And then pretty soon getting everybody to know Jesus was important. But it isn't so important that I'm willing to win arguments and lose souls. I mean, I, I run into guys all the time of different faiths, and I'm going to just give everybody a heads up. Here in the next two months, we are going to have people that are going to come in and speak on our show. I've made arrangements with one today that he's going to come in and talk about his faith, and you might you have time to look it up. It's called Baha'i, and he is going to come in and speak to us about his faith. Now, I never try to convert this guy. He very much believes in his religious uh, practices, and I can let him do that. But what I can show him all the time is my love for Jesus Christ, and I can love him right where he's at because he's never going to change his way of thinking if I'm beating him down in what he's thinking. Right. I, I don't think anyone has ever been won over by hate. No, that doesn't, never works. It yep. starts wars. Yep. Do you know what war, W-A-R, you ever, you know, it's actually an acronym, right? We are right. That's what Dang. starts wars. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, what people are always trying to change their behavior patterns and, uh, what they'll do is they'll join, they, they don't like Christianity. So what they do is they say, hey, I'm going to become a Buddhist or I'm going to become Muslim or I'm going to become Hindu just because I don't like Christian people. You know, one thing that we've got to do, there's 59 in the New Testament. There are 59. I know you're thinking to yourself, 59 what? There's 59 one another's. There's one another's. We need to love one another. That's how they'll know who that we belong to Christ. He says stuff like this all the time. Paul says this. Peter says this. James says this. The one another's are super important. If we would start living those, we don't have to tell people what we're against. They're going to know what we're for and not what we're against. They're not going to care about any of that. You know, those first century churches... People say all the time, I want to be like the first century church, Jonathan. I want to be like that. And I'm always like, oh, I don't know, getting caught on fire, fed to lions. I don't know that that sounds all that awesome. Yeah, I, too, want to light Nero's <laughs> garden with my own body, please. I <laughs> That's exactly what happens there, man, is that people don't realize that in order to be a first century church, to see the supernatural, you got to be willing to lay it all down. You have yep. to be willing to reach out and lay it all down. And, you know, I was just reading. Uh, we did a Bible study just before I got here, and we were in Esther. And uh, uh, in Esther chapter 4, she's talking to Mordecai. And one of the things that she says is she gets everybody ready. And, and Mordecai tells her, you were born for a time such as this. You're going to find that in, in uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. But down around verse 16, she uses this term. She goes, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And you know, I'm going to tell you where that bleeds over into today. 
is that when we take a look at the Christian church around us, are they willing to do whatever it takes? I mean, really. And Jesus even asked Peter at one point. Peter goes, I'll follow you even unto death. And he goes, really? You're really going to follow me, Peter? And Peter says, yes, of course I am, Lord. And as he, as he starts to prepare himself, um, as, as he starts to prepare himself, he ends up failing just as Jesus told him he would. Sorry, I had a little delay there. But here in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. You know, one of the things that happens is that when we do not love our lives even unto death, here's, here's a quick old Kung Fu saying, it's not that I don't fear death. It's that I don't cling to life. This world is temporary. And Jesus has promised us eternity. We spend most of our time trying to buy property that when you die, you can't even get buried on. We spend most of our time worrying about how fancy our motorcycle or car is, but they don't put it in the ground with you when you go. We spend our time arguing with people. I, I can tell you this. When I was in a motorcycle club, I fought for the state of Wyoming, fought for it, shed blood for it. We fought over Utah. We fought over everything, throwing punches and whatever else we needed to do. And here it is, I look, I look back on that 20 years later, and there's new groups, new patches, new people, same struggles. And at the end of the day, what does it mean? It means nothing because this world is temporary. But we have this God that says, hey, if you sign up with me, <laughs> if you jump on this, and you start changing your way of thinking, and you start to shift your mind to a new mind to a new thought process that what's going to happen is your behaviors are going to change and I'll give you all of that but you're going to discover it means very little because in eternity you got everything you know most of us are afraid of heaven that's a truth that's a harsh truth most of us are afraid of success it's easy to get ourselves through hard times. You want to know why you go back to drinking, why you go back to pornography, why you go back to these things. You go because it's easy to drive your life on the, off the rails once you have started to taste success because you're not quite sure what happens when you are successful. Jonathan, in all the time that I've known you, What's been, what do you think has been the biggest struggle in my life just in watching me? I know I'm asking you a tough question, huh? He's like, what? Let me get out of arm's reach here, right? <laughs> don't, I'm not going to backhand you. So, folks, if you hear a little slap and a yeah. fall down, it's Jonathan. Uh, and I, I don't have any dirt on any high-ranking political officials. I. <laughs> but anyway... No, I, I think it's probably a similar struggle that I have. It's just patience with people. Patience yeah. with people, definitely one. Another thing is even believing in that I'm I'm worth listening to. You know, I, I you spend a lot of time uh, in that where you, you're not sure whether uh, you can be the success that 
you've set up in your mind. But God always builds you to be successful. Now, one of the things that happens out there with studying scripture and working your job and doing all this, a lot of people think they want to be pastors. I'm telling you, for all my pastor listeners, I love you. We're praying for you. <clears throat> we understand completely the struggle that that is some days. But folks, if you think that's what you want to do, you got to start pastoring right in your own home. That means living the life, not just talking about it, but actually doing it. We've got to learn to love without expectation. We have to learn to, to give with always giving Christ with what we give. You know, at the when we go down to places that ship stuff off to foreign countries or uh, even support the homeless here in town, you'd be amazed at how much stuff they get to flow in there. I mean, it's tons. And I mean truckloads, like truckloads. And that is people being generous. But if we do not come in contact, if we do not come in contact with the poor, if we don't go out of our way to sit down and visit with them and find out why they're where they're at, then we're missing the point of being a Christian. Because Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's easy to do. Love your neighbor. Not always easy. As yourself. That's super difficult. Oh, yeah. So, the one thing that God has told me is he never uses anybody. I know everybody either just shut off their radio <laughs> or, they, or they're asking themselves, what did he just say? I'm telling you right now, God has never used a single person on the earth ever because God does not use people he loves through people the opposite of love and I teach this all the time you're going to hear this a million times from me the opposite of love is not hate the opposite of love is use when we use somebody to get what we want and we so often confuse those two that's why you can fall out of love Yep, that's that's totally. <clears throat> I mean, that happens all the time. Absolutely, at every level of relationship. Absolutely, and that's part of that 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 misnomer when we talked earlier about you get your belief system from your parents, and your friends, and the people that you come up around, right? Because when you're doing that, what happens is you have this tendency to assume that okay we got loyalty between each other you and me Jonathan as long as you're coming in and doing helping me do this podcast but if you're not doing that I can't be your friend anymore that's not loving you right it's loving you in spite of if you can't do that or you don't want to that I go okay that's all right that's where we're at because this is a partnership and it's just like with Brent who we had on last week he's a partner with me in the county jail and in many other things. But I never, ever worry about him. My, my goal is to put him on my shoulders and excel him past beyond anything I ever dreamt of doing. And that's what I want for every person around me. And the reason I want that is because why should they have to build what I've had to build? I'm on the shoulders of many great people. And if we do that, that's exactly the foundation in which Christ wanted us to build on. So I know we've been a little all over the place today. 
But, uh, you know, as we, as we start to talk about these things, I, I just want you to be willing to shift your mind. And, you know, last week you were able to hear a story by Misty Johnson and how things changed in her life. And in this coming week, you're going to hear from another person. I'm, I'm not sure which one that's going to be yet. But more than likely, that's going to be some old gangster, some street person, somebody to that effect. Because that seems to be who I'm always in touch with. And you're going to hear about how these people's lives change. But even more so, what we're concerned about here at Barbarian Prophet is how is your life changing? If you've got something, shoot us an email. Do you want to tell us a story? you want to tell us how things are changing in your life right now? We want to hear it. I would like to spend one episode here before Christmas where I've got at least a dozen emails to go, hey, this is what's going on in people's lives. So reach out to us. We're, we're more than willing. I know that we got a, a couple of guys that want to know why we don't have more humor, Jonathan. You know who those guys are? Well, I, I can only guess, but... Probably Will Meddy. Yeah. Yeah, Willie, yeah. Willie and, and, and Mike, they, they want to poke fun at us all the time. But I just want to put a personal challenge out to them because I know they're dialed in that, you know, if you ever want to join us here to share your faith, your belief, and your understanding, we are more than open. And I think that we can get some like votes that would say, you guys need to come in and talk to us. Oh, yeah. Our, our guest seat is always open. Absolutely. And, if you know, if you are wanting to be a guest on this show reach out to us we're we are very open uh looking for people with great testimonies of of how their lives have been changed it doesn't always have to be about that moment you came to christ because christ keeps working in your life it's amazing and so often people get hung up on the only story i got is how i came to jesus but the truth of the matter is, is, you know, sometimes he pays a bill you didn't have the money to pay. Yep. Or you went on a mission trip and an entire tribe got changed. I mean, Don Hinton took me over to uh, Kenya. We go out and we talk to these three, uh, what is called, uh, uh, the, these three Maasai guys. They were called MZs. They're the older tribe leaders. And the one guy, he definitely didn't want nothing to do with Jesus. But by the time it was done, he accepted Christ. And by the time three days had passed, the whole tribe had accepted Christ because the one did. You can have a huge impact with your story. Now, if God can take an old chunky biker and ship him halfway around the world to talk to a guy that they don't speak the same language and there can be an exchange of Christ, then I know your story is important. Oh, yeah. I mean, God will use anything and everything. I just said he doesn't use anything. <laughs> well, I mean, not in that context. Okay, but... listen, listen to this, folks. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Slight time delay between the two mics. I... <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now that if you tuned into us today, we were a little bit short, and we just wanted to cover a couple of things and just just kind of brief you and update you and talk a little bit about scripture and talk a little bit about where we're headed and what we're doing. And I just want to thank all of you again for taking a few minutes to dial in and listen to us today. And, uh, man, you, you guys mean so much to me. You just have no idea. I want you to know that we are praying for you. 
and on the other end of that I want you to know that uh, Jesus loves you and I love you and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us my name is Bert Eldridge I'm the barbarian prophet and I'm Jonathan Bergeron your producer and we'll see you next time on barbarian prophet Today's show is not sponsored by anybody, actually. Today's show is going to be a dedication to a friend of mine that we lost this past week. His name was Leland Brown, and he was one of my long-term inmates down at the Wyoming Medium Security Prison. And I know his family is tuned into this today because they've started to follow this show. But Leland Brown did 33 years down in the prison. And uh, he did his time. He was given a sentence of life, and he served it in full. And he is free in Christ now. And I just want to take a moment and say he had a huge impact in a lot of people's lives. He had a huge impact in mine. And uh, I was blessed to know him. And don't ever think for a minute that the guys that go into prison are the ones that they come out or the ones that live there, because when they Christ gets a hold of them, they completely change. And Leland was one of those men that I don't, I, I have no idea why he went to prison, but I can tell you when he went home to live with Christ, he went home clean and baptized and living life fully for Jesus. And just to his family, I say, your father loved you. Your brother loved you. Your son loved you. And um, to all my brothers that may tune into this at some point when they are out of the prison system, you guys made an impact on him, and I know he made an impact on you. And uh, the last thing I ever said to him was, I love you, and Jesus loves you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. And uh, God bless and God rest.